Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions, millions of dollars in your bank account, millions of followers, and helping you feel good. Today, we are going to be talking about the impact piece, which is going to lead to income. My guest today has been one of the biggest life coaches in the world for more than 20 years. 24 years ago, he left his corporate job, set out on this path. He is huge speaking. Like he has spoke on thousands of stages, maybe, maybe hundreds, thousands, including digital. He has written a new book. We're going to get into the book. It's called The Mouse in the Room. We're going to talk about what that means. But the real thing that you need to take away from this, the reason that you need to lean in is because this is going to show you how to be authentic, how to pull off your mask and really connect with people. I know that you've probably heard that before and you've thought about it, but you're probably wondering how to do it. My guest today is going to show you all about that. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Mate, I'm good. And I'm better for meeting you, Steve. And I love this, what you said about your podcast. It's about making millions, uh, millions of followers, and about feeling good. What's the point of having the money and having the followers if we don't feel good? So you're a man after my own heart. Awesome. The, um, I mean, I agree with that a lot. You, I'm sure we have all seen people that have made a ton of money or, you know, they've put themselves out there and they're working a gazillion hours, but they are unhappy and that is never any good. So is that, is that kind of the impotence for where this book came from? Is that where we started? Uh, did you say impotence or impetus? Impetus. I okay, can't pronounce I'm checking very well it's, it's, <laughs> it's very different. Um, very different. Yeah. Um, the impetus for the book was because I didn't grow up expressed. Most humans didn't. I wasn't asked, hey, David, how are you feeling? We're not going to the zoo now and we were going to go. How is that for you? You know, what are you feeling in your body? What do you notice? I, that wasn't a thing. I grew up in a country town in Australia and I'm a guy. So you're not really supposed to have feelings. And the problem with this is we start to hide parts of ourselves if we feel upset maybe we squash it down because no one wants to hear our upset. Maybe if we're angry or feeling betrayed by something that you did, I don't want to bring it up because it's going to make waves, especially if you're my boss. So we've spent so much time squishing down and hiding. And I've been blessed with some amazing coaches and teachers and trainers. And I've spent 20 years unraveling a lot of that conditioning. And every time I do, it's a little scary. It's a little awkward. It's a little uncomfortable to go and name those things. I call them mice and we'll mm -hmm. get to that. It's, it's awkward, but almost every time my life gets better. And then over time, I found business gets better because if you are willing to be transparent and take the risk of naming what's happening for you, the other person is now clued in. They're like, oh, Oh, that's what's going on for you. You know, I have a little bit of that myself. I feel closer to you now that I hear that. In fact, hearing that, this is what comes up for me. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm getting too far down the rabbit hole, but the impetus was realizing that most of us are living a life with a mask on uh, or, or there's, there's an, there are elephants in the room all the time. But I'm here to say the elephant is not alone. There's a mouse in the room. That's your feeling, your thought. 
let's find those mice, artfully name them, life and business gets better. So, okay, there's a lot to unpack in there. I love that you took us back to your childhood and kind of where this started and like you weren't supposed to have feelings. Then you realized you started to have feelings is where did in your life coaching journey in the last 20 years, has this been something that has been like stewing on the back burner and like you just keep seeing spaces where there are these mice running around? You said like you name them and then you face them and then they either go away or they transform. Talk to me a little bit about what that feels like and give me an example of one for you. Well, I guess things came to a head for me at the age of 23 or four. I had uh, my first serious relationship and I'd broken up with her multiple times. And, uh, you know, what would happen is I'd, I'd get too close. I didn't know this, but I, and there'd be intimacy and I'd go, oh, I can't handle that. I had a tragedy when I was a kid and that had never been resolved. I watched my little sister get killed. So we didn't know at the time that you should, you know, send a kid to therapy. So later on in life, I discovered I got all these mice running around, all these feelings that are being squashed down, feelings of love, feeling of frustration. Um, mm-hmm. And so my therapist was able to help me to open up and start going and having raw conversations with my parents. Hey, mom, what was it like for you when my sister died? Do you have any of her belongings that I could see? I went and interviewed my neighbor and I said, what happened? How was it for you? It was incredible going back in time. And then when I discovered Landmark Education, let's say it was three years later, this personal Mm -hmm. growth course, they kept encouraging me to uncover mice that I had running around with people. They might be from people in my current job or with my, my wife at the time. They even had me go back to past relationships, you know, for 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and uncover these mice, the bully from high school that I still resented after 20 years. Now, the way I was living was that's just something you, you deal with or you don't deal with. That's just part of it. I just hate that guy. He's a jerk. No, they showed me another way. They said, what if you, they didn't use these words because they didn't have the mouse and, and metaphor, but they said, what if you were able to name that mouse with him? What might be possible? I said, what might be possible is he calls me an idiot for calling him up and doing this. And they said, that's another mouse. That's another mouse to name. And I was like, oh, well, I could do that. And I called him and I said, I've been resenting you for 20 years. I'm so scared to call you because I'm worried you're going to think I'm an idiot calling you after all this time. He's like, oh, I don't know. Now I'm curious. What have you got? Tell me. And I said, I've been resenting you for 20 years. I'm letting it go. You don't have to do anything. I, I just wanted to let you know. We had the most amazing conversation. And he said, this is the jerk from high school. What can I say or do now to help us move forward? We became friends that day. And whatever I've been holding energetically about this guy and resenting him and however that was impacting my life subtly was gone. And the next time I went back to my hometown, I saw him at the pub and he invited me back to his house with some friends. And he said, he said quietly to me, 
at one o'clock in the morning after several beers. This is a guy I was worried would call, call me an idiot. He said, I don't think I ever would have had the courage to make the call you made. And I, I want to acknowledge that. So I'm not saying you have to go and call everybody from 20 years ago. I don't want to freak people out just yet. <laughs> you can do, you can name small mice. You can name current mice. You can name a toleration mouse. You can name a desire mouse. There's all sorts of ways you can go about it. You don't have to take on every mouse in your entire life all at once. Well, that's okay. So I love, I love where you're going with this, but the takeaway that I'm, I'm hearing is you have all of these little things. We'll call them mice. That's great because they're small and yeah. they're, they're running around in your brain or in your headspace or and in your they, body. There you go. And they have, they have some kind of impact on you. And by naming them and by looking at them and shining a light on them, you can help make them disappear. You can help them go away. So the, the question that I would have, you just named a huge one, right? Like I'm sure a lot of people said, oh my goodness, I can never do that. What is something small that people could start with that would have, that would show them how powerful this is? Great. And I want to clarify, uh, we don't have to make them disappear. Sometimes they do. Sometimes when you've named them, they're done, they're gone. Sometimes you name them and they stick around, but they've got less power. Just the act of naming. It was, this is how the book started. Someone, someone came into a class and said, you've just got to name the thing. We're like, what are you talking about? You just got to name the thing. Name the thing. The thing that's in the room, you've got to name it. Whatever you're feeling that you haven't expressed yet, you've just got to name it. And we're like, finally, we got it. Like, oh, right. There's power in naming. Maybe they disappear. Maybe they're friends now. Uh, you try and kill them. That doesn't tend to work. Now, you said, like, you know, what's a small way to get started? Okay, grab a piece of paper. And right at the top of this piece of paper, desire, desire mice. And then underneath it, just write what you're wanting. There might be things you want for your life. There might be things you want from your partner. If you had whatever you wanted, what would it be? Might be things you want from your kids, from your, from your, from your boss, from your coworkers, from your staff. Let's just get in touch with those desires. You may not act on all of them, but let's start with awareness. You have on your hat, Steve, the word clarity. Mm -hmm. This is about discovery and clarity to know yourself. So that's one page, desire mouse. Another page could have toleration mouse. What are you putting up with? And they're very close together. At the, at, at the, on the back of every toleration is probably a desire that you want something different, but it's another way for your mind to access it. Well, I'm right. putting up with socks on the floor. I'm putting up with the elevator machinery sound next to my bedroom in the place I just moved into. Putting up with, uh, you know, maybe you're putting up with the fact that you don't exercise and you're tolerating that and it's bothering you. We're just building awareness. These are two lists. In the book, uh, we'll identi we identify eight different kinds of mice for you, but we'll start with these, these two categories. And then circle a couple, circle a couple. If you're like me, you'll circle the hardest ones and, and do those because after that, everything's easier. But, but if you want to take it easier, pick a couple of minor ones. 
you might, this is another kind of mouse actually, if we go to a third type, appreciation mouse, write that at the top of another page and write down what you appreciate about the people you interact with daily. So one and circle a bunch of those. You can send them a text, create a little video at loom.com, L-O-O-M. Uh, it's hard to go wrong with just acknowledging people. Hey, you know what? I appreciate this about you. That thing that you did the other day had an impact on me and I want you to know the impact. Appreciation mice will change your life. We, you're probably doing it already a, a bit, but a, imagine ramping up the amount of appreciation you're expressing by a factor of five to 10. People need that because if you have one appreciation mouse and then one piece of criticism, what are they going to remember? They're going to remember the criticism or the requests that you made. So, so I've, I've, I think there was a study, I can't quote it, but you, but you need to have about seven times more appreciation and gratitude messages than critical mm -hmm. messages for it to really have the same impact as the negative stuff. That's an interesting, I mean, I've, I've heard that study. I'm sure people have heard that the, but I agree with you, like leading with appreciation and telling people why you appreciate them and you have to be sincere in it. People will, they, it balances out the ask and helping them understand. I want to go back to, let's go back to like desire and toleration. Cause I think those are are two things that people, people say, I want more money. I want a better car. I want a bigger house. Let's start with something smaller though. Cause I, what I want people to see is the impact that this can have on their life. So talk to me about, I know you said you start with the big things, but talk to me about something that you did this with, whether it's the toleration or the desire. And let's give a good example so that people can yeah. see how this can work in their life. Yeah. So we'll make it concrete. Well, Last year, I realized I was tolerating lack of exercise. So I, uh, once I identified that, I sat down and created a system for that. I realized I'm not going to do it just out of willpower. So I joined a gym uh, that had a squash court because I've always enjoyed the game of squash, which is like racquetball for people who haven't heard of it. And, uh, and then I set up, this is really important, I set up three, no, four regular games with people a week. So that if I would cancel, I'd have to cancel with a real person. And then boom, there was my system. Another thing I was tolerating was lack of nutrition. And I'm tolerating that right now because I just moved interstate. I just moved to Los Angeles. I'm here in West Hollywood and, and I'm tolerating it right now. So I'm going to hire somebody to come and make green smoothies once every two weeks and they'll make smoothies for two weeks, freeze a whole bunch of them. Every morning I'll wake up and just, that's my breakfast is a green smoothie. So those are some example, concrete examples. You might be at work and you're tolerating that someone's being late for meetings. Well, get the book, mouse in the room, read it and apply the process to artfully name it with that person so that they leave feeling more connected with you and you feel more connected. And ideally they're on board to be on time. You might be tolerating your weight. You might be tolerating something that someone says to you or the way they speak to you. I've coached clients on, on having 
letting their boss know the impact of the way the boss is speaking in the tone and making a request for more gentleness and kindness in the tone. These are, they may seem small, but these things can weigh on us and weigh on our energy when we start expressing ourselves, whether it's desires or tolerations or appreciations or the other five types of mice, then uh, life gets better. I notice I feel better about myself, even mm -hmm. if I don't get what I want. That's the magic of this, the power of naming. The fact that I've gone to the management office and said, this elevator is driving me nuts. It's starting to squeak now. Ironically, that I'm writing a book called Mouse in the Room. This is my mouse in the room as this elevator. But me speaking up for it and naming this is not working and I need an immediate solution has me feel better, even though the thing's still squeaking right now and I'm still working on it. There's confidence in the self-expression of it. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, -E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. That's a huge, huge point. So something we talked a little bit about beforehand, but I, we're getting to now is it's really about having conversations that most people would be slightly uncomfortable to have, especially like I grew up in a time like my parents would, if I did something wrong, I had to go talk to somebody about it, right? If I wronged somebody, they would take me over to somebody's house and have me apologize. And what I've seen in modern day is a lot of people take the easy way out, right? No conversation, or I'll send a text message. I want to do the least like uncomfortable thing for me. And one of the things that a quote that I have hanging on my wall is tough conversations equal an easy life, easy conversations equal a tough life. And I, I think that plays out really well with what you are saying. And that is if you're willing to name some things and sit down and have a conversation that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but makes you feel heard, you will feel much more confidence in yourself and you'll see your life start to bloom. Is that a, is that an interesting? I, that... I love it. I've never heard that saying, but I'm, I'm going to use that, that tough, conversa easy conversations equal a tough life. And that's so true. And tough conversations equal an easy life. Now, the mice that you name, they may not always be tough. Your brain might say this is going to be tough. But when you use the, the 3D process in the book mm -hmm. to, to discover your mice, I'll tell you what the Ds stand for, discover, which is all about the clarity on your head. It's like, because often you can't say something because you don't know what's going on for you. You don't want to make a mess of it. So you discover what's going on. Oh, I don't like that. I feel disrespected. This is what I do want. Okay. This is a request I could make. That's gold. That's leadership. That's coaching right there. Then the next D is to decide because you're not going to name every single mouse. 
if you're if you feel like someone's house is a is a pigsty and every time you go in you feel like you want to be out of there in five minutes you may decide okay that's not going to contribute here so we give you a process in the book to weigh it up weigh up the scales and decide is this something worth naming now be right. careful don't use this as an excuse to say oh, i'm just not going to name it no you're probably naming mice about 10 to 20 percent of the time and i'm encouraging you to bump that up to 80 to 90 percent of the time then the third step is disarm or disarm in american uh disarm the person so that they're more likely to receive the mouse and they're, they're in the best possible state to receive it and then off you go you name your mouse and sometimes it'll go it'll be easy and they'll be like oh i'm so glad you said something thank you other times it might be awkward and they might have mice that they want to name as well and you go back and forth with it i'm having it right now with with um the woman who's helping me write the book we've got different values and we're in the final stretch and we've got some conflict and we're, we're in mouse naming left right and center well i'm feeling this 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 and this okay i get that hearing that i notice this is what's happening for me let me check i got it right you're feeling this 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 and this. okay got it all right can i share what's going on for me i got some mice all right this is what's going on for me and you go back and forth in reality instead of right. going back and forth in some kind of an act where we're both wearing a mask and I'm just showing you what I think I can show you and you're showing me what you could think. Let's not do that any longer in the world. Well, that's, I mean, you're speaking to the heart of conversation, right? Like a lot of times we, we see something happen. We'll take the conflict with your book, right? And we start to build a story in our head to support how we feel. And then we end up going down a life path that ends up over here in our head. And we haven't even had a conversation with the person. So then when we do have a conversation, next time we talk, we're heated or we have like this story playing in the back of our head. Whereas what you're saying is name what it is, right? Because we can't control how we feel in the moment, but we can name it. And then we can go to the person and have a real conversation. Um, I know like in my own communication is a huge deal to me as one of the biggest things that I've learned to work on over the years. Uh, the conversations that I have with the woman that I'm dating, if we have a difficult conversation, we both talked about this at the beginning and it served us really well. I'd love your thoughts on it. We just say like, I'm not sure really how to talk about this, but I just want to talk about what happened and how that made me feel. And I don't think that's how you meant for this to work. Like you didn't mean for me to feel X, Y, Z from it, but I just need to talk about it. Can I have a few minutes of your time? And usually by saying that, because I, I, my goal is never to hurt the person that I'm dating and my goal is to build them up, to make them have the best experience of life possible. Sometimes I can be selfish though and do something that I didn't even realize bothered them. And having that conversation, giving the space there has served both of us really well. I would love your thoughts on that because that's what I hear you saying. Maybe I'm well, you, projecting, but the, the example you just gave me was was masterful. You disarmed her like a pro. You didn't go in with, "Hey, we need to talk," or "Hey, I'm I, I'm upset about something," you know, or "Or I really don't like what you did the other day," or basically you did something wrong. You didn't right. go in with that. You went in with uh, first thing you checked for consent. 
you mm-hmm. that's not firstly actually firstly you gave some context i would like to share some of the feelings that came up for me and you put yourself in her shoes as well you said i imagine you didn't intend for that to happen and i'd like to talk about them for a bit you also gave more context in that i don't have it all fully worked out i might stumble over it a bit you could add in could you give me maybe 3 minutes to to try and get it out and uh we'll see how it how it comes out and then you ended with consent would would that be okay would you be open to that that's magic now she gets to to say yes or no and when you've put it like that it's like oh okay so one of the things we mentioned in the book is to share your why when you're disarming the person share your why come up with a positive intent that includes the two of you you know i i kind of was hesitant to share this because uh you know i don't want to offend you and i thought it might feel awkward for me and for you but i've decided i would like to share it because and now you insert your positive intent because i want to clear the air or i want to be able to let it go or i want to feel closer to you i want us to work better as a team do you have a few minutes now now the person knows you've got positive intent if you come to me and say we need to talk i'm not going to assume positive intent right. i'm going to assume i'm in trouble so what you did was was a masterful example of the third step of the 3d process disarm the person can you imagine listeners if you were operating at that level that steve just modeled in every time you got triggered or you're upset or you had a desire if every time you modeled it like that with people how much life could change and business could change and how the people you're interacting with could walk away from that going wow yeah some of that was awkward and we both had feelings but that was real and now i feel i feel more trust with steve so i have i have two questions because i think i just painted a best case scenario it does not always go like that even though we really want it to right so how do how do I stop my ego from getting involved? Because ego is what triggers defensiveness, right? That person owes me something. They didn't live up to my expectation, right? How do I stop that? Like I think about your elevator example. If that was in my building, I would get frustrated. This is like, I'm putting myself in your shoes. You can correct me, but Thank I'm you. just trying to figure out how I stop myself. Cause I would be like, I'm paying a lot of rent here that needs fixed. I've talked to them three times. Why is this not getting better? And like, I would go start to go down that rabbit hole after like two or three days. And then I'd be like, well, that person's just a secretary. I'm sure she passed it along. I'm sure they're having to hire somebody. And then the other part of my brain, the ego part of my brain would be like, nope, this needs fixed. I'm really annoyed. And then I'd be like, well, I bought a sound machine to try to make it better, but I'm still annoyed. It's not fixed. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're saying, how do you handle uh, when you are blaming and you are angry and you are frustrated and, you, and yeah. you're not all in, and not all enlightened about it? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Well, look, man, I'm pretty pissed about the elevator. I've been in this room for three weeks and this thing squeaks even through the white noise and through the walls and playing music. Uh, I still hear the thing. It's, it's quite annoying. So I do have those feelings. I, I sometimes vent those with my friends uh, and my coach. That's a good place to do it and, and, and get that out. 
um, it's good not to go to someone when you're really furious. When you're really furious, that often is not going to work. But right. once I've once I've released some of the charge with other people and also with journaling and there are other processes like the Byron Katie process called the work, the different things you can do to release some of the charge. Then you go to the person. So I go to the management office and you might still have some charge, but that's a mouse to name. Hey, I just want to note, I am feeling a lot of anger around this. And so you may notice it come through my tone, even if I try not to show it you may hear it. So I want to name that. So it's not, it's not weird. Now they know, okay, I'm, I'm angry. You know, three weeks ago, I wasn't angry, but, but yeah, now I'm angry. Um, that naming it often helps me to be less angry. They're in the room. I've just named it. I've expressed it. They get it. Okay. Now what can we do? So I'm doing a lot on the mental side. Of, of handling this. And as you said, the practicals, getting the, the white noise machine and, and like that. I'm also calling um, maintenance every day and going over there almost every day and speaking to a different person every time. And I'm playing the law of large numbers. If I speak to enough people and I keep, uh, I, I'm getting more and more attention. I'm copying in people. I went and just found who the general manager was and I I copied in that person. I got a fast response from my agent. So nice. you, why, you know, you do, the, you do the, the mental stuff and then you go and I use the principles in the book to disarm them. You set context. That, hey, this is why I'm escalating it. This is my request. These are my grounds. And tell me what you've got. I want to hear anything you've got to say because you want to hear their mice as well. And then I hear from the agent, well, it's frustrating. We're short-staffed and, you know, we're trying to make it work for you, but here's why, you know, and we go back and forth. At the end of that me meeting with the manager, I felt grounded and connected and grateful because I had a relationship now with her and I didn't yell at her and I explained my situation. I think she felt like she got it. And so releasing the charge helped, following the principles in the book helped, and I'm still at it. She's back to work today. She's probably crazy busy. I've told her I'm showing up at two o'clock. I'm coming over and let's get it sorted. These are the two things we have to action today. And, uh, you know, because I send emails, I don't get a response to the emails. I go and show up at the office. I'm the energizer bunny. I, I'm like the little engine that could keep on going. Look, ultimately, if all of this fails, I'll break my lease. I'll move out. I'll go somewhere else. So I got backups on backups on backups and I'll stop there. Cause I could talk about this issue for quite some time. That's no, you put a lot of light on the subject. And I think that's good. Um, I mean, having, I think the first thing you said was like journal. It's hard when you're angry. Right. But I always find, I find writing or talking it out, just like you said, um, I don't talk to my friends usually about personal stuff or business stuff. I have a coach and that is, that's one of the main things that I want to do with that person because they're objective. They're not friend. They're not like coming at it from a friendship light, right? They're coming at it from my job is to be objective and give you the best advice possible or just be a sounding board. But that's, I think that is really good advice. I think journaling is good. And I always try to ask, like, what was the other person's intent here? Because a lot of times we put our own intent on something and that can be that creates 
the challenge, but looking at it from somebody else's point of view, but it's really hard when you're frustrated, angry. I think taking oh, yeah. deep breaths. You, you want to cool down first. I'll tell you how not to do it. Yesterday, <laughs> I was furious with um, the person helping me write this book. I, I felt like a boundary of being crossed and there was a document that I'd locked and actually said locked for you. No more changes. She made some changes. I was furious. So I took a little time first and I start, I, here's what I did. Well, I started with, I want to check, did this happen? This is what seems like happened that you just edited a document that says locked for you. Did that happen? So I wanted to check that I had my facts right. Yeah. And then once I found out, yes, there were changes made to it, I did express and I named it. I didn't just... So here's, there's a huge difference between just being angry. You shouldn't have done it, blah, 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 blah. And saying, I want a name that I'm very angry. I can feel it. And so you're going to hear it in my tone. Yes, there's anger. It's a little safer for someone to even hear that because you're aware right. of it. I'm angry and you're, going to, and you're going to hear it in this message. And if you're not ready, ready for that, then pause and come back and listen to when you are. And I'll tell you why. Something else I want to pull out from that uh, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but I remembered with that last example around the elevator, something that was very important in that conversation is I shared impact. I didn't just say, this has got to be fixed. I said, I want to let you know what's happening over here. Is that okay? Okay. What's happening is I'm losing sleep and I'm stressed out and it's taking attention away from the book launch and I'm considering getting a hotel. So I just want you to know the impact. So, you know, the stakes here huge so the person gets i'm not just just whining i'm whining right. with good with good cause now back to how i screwed up that interaction with with uh the, my writer um i didn't really ask for consent i didn't say look i've got some strong feelings about this and i want to know is this okay even on an audio i could have said is this okay if you're willing to hear it then listen to the next audios if not pause right now, but I would like to, to share it. And I got a lot of charge. I could have said that. That would have been a lot, a lot better than, than what I did because she, she didn't say yes to it. And if someone hasn't said yes, then they, they, their back's more likely to get up and say, and, and get defensive. But if they've said yes, it puts them in a different state. It's like, okay, I'm willing. Yeah, what have you got? They're in a listening state, which is well, crucial. That is, um, I mean, I talk about that in sales from the stage, like what I teach, you should always right. ask permission to make an offer. You always ask permission to do something because if people say yes, it's even if it's subconscious, right? They're subconscious. Yes. Saying, yeah. Then they're, they're open to whatever the conversation is. And internally, they won't be like, why is this person doing this? They're doing it because they ask and they need to like there, there's a intent behind it and they ask permission and I said, yes. So yes, I will listen. Even if they don't really want to, if they've said yes, they're going to feel obligated and it's a completely different frame. I'm glad you brought that up. We, we talk about sales in the book and mouse naming to make the sale. If you get up on stage and many people have done it and I've done it and you want to sell something to them, but you don't name it, they can feel it. China, yep. I was on a, on a call with a prospective client 20 years ago. And at the end of the call, she said, can I say something? It feels like you're really trying to sell me on coaching. 
And the context you'd set up for this call was this was a free session um, just to get the benefits of coaching. And I feel like you're really trying to sell me on it. Wow. Was that a great lesson? She's right. Same on stage. You're trying to sell them. You're trying to sell them. You're dropping in examples for credibility. You're doing this. You're doing all the things you do to try and make the sale. And then at the end, you bring out this offer and it feels kind of cheesy and they kind of saw it coming. You weren't honest about it. Alex Mondosian gave me this. So when I got up on stage after coaching from Alex, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the benefit of the book. Now you've got the book. But I, I said, look, I'm going to do everything in my power to motivate, influence, and persuade you to continue your training with me. And the best way I can think of to do that is to give you the best value I can in 60 minutes and show you what's possible for your life. And then I'll tell you what I've got for you and you can decide if that's for you. Does that sound fair? And they said, yeah. I said, does that sound fair? They said, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's do that. It's so much better. Oh, so then when I got to the offer, they were like ready. And I told them, I will, I will, have an offer for you to show you how I can support you in making this a reality. And they were like, yeah, I want to hear what you've got. Cause now we want the life that you've, you've outlined. And so, and I said, you can do this alone and it'll probably take you this long and cost you this much or with my program, you can do it this way. And it probably take you this long and cost you this much. If you do it, I'll do most of the work for you. People. There was a stampede. T. Harv Eker, who's been doing this for 20 years, apparently he was watching the video of it, the video of a woman leaping. I'm not, I'm not joking, leaping onto the table to get this poker chip that would give them a discount. And he said, that's not even my product. That's not even my bookstore. What did he do? How did he? A lot of it was the transparency. And I just realized writing the book, Mouse in the Room, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to be honest at the end and I, and, and, and maybe I, I could have started the book with it. It's like, look, I'm going to show you a bunch of stuff. And at the end, I'll show you, I'm going to write that down. That's a really good idea to maybe set context at beginning a book so that they're not surprised at the end. Now at the end, I try and be honest and say, look, this can actually change your life. And I know most people cannot take a book and turn it into an ongoing life changing practice. Right. So I offer support and help to continue your education, to make it a reality for you and implement it. And I think that's, I think that's honest, uh, but to set it up at the beginning would be pure poetry. So, so they know this is what's going on. There's no surprise at the end. I'm naming my mice right up front it's better. And, and you can show that as an example. I would definitely do that. I would lead with these are steps that you can take throughout the book. I'm going to show you how I can help you hold, be accountable and how we can take the next step and really implement this in your life. If you're interested, you can always go to one of the links or contact me through whatever. But I just want you to know that it's there. And I want to be really upfront about that. And then anytime in the book, you can point to that. and You can be like, that's a mouse that I named right? That's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's there because I want to be honest. And I want to be transparent. That's yeah. awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I, let me name a mouse up front. Yeah. So thank you. I think I'm, we're in the final stages of this book, but that just, 
now that we're talking about it, I'm like, let's, I'm going to go model, model that in the book. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay, David, you have shared a wealth of information. This has been a great conversation going back and forth. Tell me a little bit, if people are interested in the book, where is the best place that they can go find this book? Thank you. I, it, first, tell me, is there any chance this podcast will be released pre-June pre 13? Because that'll just impact how I, how I sell the sizzle on this. I'm looking at it, and I'm going to say it's going to be after June 13th. It'll, okay, be, after it'll June probably be the last week of the month. Yeah. Okay, great. So go to mouseintheroom.com. And uh, there'll be a link to Amazon so you can get yourself the book. It'll be on Kindle. You can get a print book. And, uh, and also we're offering a, a bonus as well. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you'll see it at mouseintheroom.com. Um, I just, I really want to start a mouse naming revolution. And so I will say, you know, buy one book for sure, or buy five to 10 and give them to the people that you the, give them to the, the relationships that matter to you. So it could be a coworker, could be a direct report, could be your kids, could be your partner, could be a close friend. It's much easier to be mouse naming when the people around you get what you're doing and they get the value of mouse naming. It'll transform the culture of your relationships so much faster if other people have this too. And you can you can go it alone as well. The book's written so that you can take it, you can show it, you can model people for people. I'm just saying it'll be easier for other people to doing it too. And all of that at mouseintheroom.com. Awesome. So that is in the show notes. So you can look underneath. Um, we will have the link down there for you. But go pick up the book. If nothing else, you will learn how to have amazing conversations just by naming a few. I can guarantee you that you will feel better about yourself. You will have more confidence and you'll be able to move forward. Um, I know it was a game changer for me probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago when I started doing that. I started naming conversations that would be difficult. Uh, I heard about it somewhere where I got that quote. I don't remember where it was. I think it might've been Tim Ferriss. Not a hundred percent sure, but he was like, you know, name the tough conversations that you need to have in your life. And if nothing else, just thinking about them will help you move forward. So David, you are taking it to a whole nother level. Level. The book is called Mouse in the Room, mouseintheroom.com. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. It's been an amazing guest. My pleasure. Thanks, Steve. No problem. To everybody else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Are you looking to scale your business, but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need to build your business through stories. These stories work, whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking, there are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.